Hello everyone and welcome to the This Is Kadokoi podcast. Um, you guys may know my name is Max Camilleri. I am a Fenerbahce English correspondent for Volvo. Um, I am now the new host of this podcast. Um, this podcast is getting a bit of a tweak up with more of a current youthful view. Um, on today's show, I've got a mod of Fenerbahce, Reddit Ekin with a also Fenerbahce fan and local journalist, Erke. Um, today's uh, programme is going to be very interesting. Obviously, start off with as well, introduce my two guests today. Ekin, how are you? I'm uh, fine, thank you. How are you, Max? I'm good, I'm good. I mean, obviously, being a Fenerbahce fan at the moment, it's not very interesting, <laughs> I think, um, given the current, current state of the team. Uh, it's the reason why we're doing the uh, the the first episode of our revamp post- podcast. Obviously, Burke, how are you at the moment? Yeah, I'm not too bad, mate. I've I've seen better days. Um, you know, because uh, of our club, um, a bit stressful times at the moment. But you know, um, it's it's nothing new, unfortunately, to say. Um, but yeah, could be better. But it could be better. I think I think that is something you'll agree on. I think obviously as well. Lots of things have happened uh, in the club since we did the last episode. I think to start off with, I think the first thing we should mention is the current manager situation. I mean, famously, Vito Pierre got sacked six months into his second reign of Fenerbahce. Um, we all thought Adi Koch or the board were going to bring Joachim Lowe, but they went to more of a experienced Fenerbahce man, Ismail Kartel. Um I'm going to ask you to both your opinions on this really what do you especially as go in first what do you make of the current manager situation i think it's uh a kind of they wanted a kind of a passive move because if you look at the like at the, a bit of a widest perspective you know you have a lot of managers like still on the payroll and with Ismail Kato, he would like even like work for sixty thousand dollars in a year, like if I just, uh, if I kind of make sense. But what it is with Joachim Lowe, I think he six months ago we also wanted him like before the season started. But he he himself said, I want to take some time off, some time off from football. I want to enjoy my family. I think he was still stuck on that decision, and I I I still think that's the reason why he didn't sign the contract. But I don't think he's totally out of the move. I feel uh, I still think that that Fenerbahce is clearly busy with the negotiations and trying to get Joachim Lowe to sign that uh, sign that deal. But to appoint Ismail Kartal for a six-month period is a good decision. But it isn't a good decision if you're going to extend his contract because everybody knows we're expecting Lowe. Everybody knows that. And my second point is, I think Lowe is also not completely out of the team. Like, I, I definitely think he's, like, monitoring the players, the German players, the the players that are uh, in the youth squads. Uh, I, I, I think he does that, like, not as deeply as Ismail Kartal, of course. But I still think that, that there is a big chance of Lowe coming. But it would take... I should say it would take a um, big, big, um, it would be a huge step for Fener in general, of course, 
but that's if also if we can offer what Lowe wants and Lowe wants complete control. And I am certain that will happen with think, a name like Lowe. I think I say, um, coming from my point of view, I say appointing Ismail Kartal was a massive mistake by the club, given the situation that we're in. I think, look, I, I backed a guy 110%. Um, I obviously, I do my Twitter spaces as well, and I remember Burke saying when Ismail Kartal got appointed that, it's just the same thing all the time with Fender Barche. They go for a cycle, they get linked in the summer, for example, linked to Bielsa. We got Vital Piero back to Fender Barche. That hasn't worked out. Now, mm. here we are in the middle of our season. We're knocked out of the Turkish Cup. The league is gone. We're in the Conference League, which, if we're all being honest, we're not optimistic about that. Now, Burke, what is your opinion on the current situation? Do you think we're going to get your Kim Lowe. How do you rate, obviously, Ali Koch appointing Ismail Kartal? Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, yeah, agree. I, I, you know, agree with what Ekin's saying as well, you know. Um, I mean, I told you before, Max, I mean, um, it's just, you know, the failure of the board, you know, trying to get these big names in such as Lowe, such as Bilic, you know, and then we, we, we came back, you know, um, kind of desperate, I'd say, um, in finding another man for the role, and you know we had to go with uh, go with Victor Pereira in the end. Um, you know, it, it, it's a cycle, as I, as you mentioned. You know, it, it's a cycle that keeps on occurring at at, at Fenerbahce. Unfortunately, you know, previous years, you know, sending Arsenal, bringing Arsenal back, sending Aykut Kojoman, bringing Aykut back as well. Um, it's just that cycle within the club, and you know. And, you know, and uh, uh, as I said to you as well, again, in the previous uh, Twitter space as well, we're most likely going to be going with Ismail Kata as a short term option, which we did after. And then, um, yeah, uh, that again, not being allowed to bring the uh, big names. And, and I do fear a lot that although he's lost a lot of credibility at, um, right now, I feel like at the end of the season, if he doesn't... Um, provide low to the club i i, just, I don't know he, he can't stay I, I mean the fan well especially at the fans at the moment you know we're going crazy for him to get out of the club but i think if he can't deliver on his promises again um at the end of the season by not being able to bring low in then um uh, you know it's 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 gonna be you know quite um you know a dangerous atmosphere, a dangerous environment for him to be in. You know, the clubs are not going to want him, the fans are not going to want him uh, um, anymore, but he needs to deliver at the end of the season, mate. Um, and my opinion on, you know, getting Ismail Kartal for short term, when you look at that, when you look at the picture as a whole, when you, when you look at the picture as a whole, mate, I think um, bringing Ismail Kartal as a short term was a sensible move, I think. I think he's a man that knows the club. He's a man that um, if you haven't got ambition, well, we, we, we don't really have ambitions and after sending Pelé anyway. So, so you know, it, it looked like the right move in the end, I think. Um, you know, maybe to bring some discipline in to the club, in the squad, especially. Um, and has it worked at the moment? I don't, I don't think, think it has. I don't think it has, mate. I mean, when you look, when you look at it previously, it seemed like, a, you know, um, a sensible move, I think, by the club. But I think, um, looking at it now, I think, you know, I've, I've seen no changes since, you know, Perez left. I mean, we look at the Kaiser game, for, for example, mate, I think, you know, 
I feel like the teams that you know there was no discipline. They, I mean, the players looked like they they just met each other like ten minutes ago, and we're just putting a first eleven together. The amount of passing mistakes they were they were doing, other players were not knowing where other players were running. You know, it was just it was just a shambles like to see, and um, I don't know, mate. And I, I do worry, I do fear for the future of the club. Unfortunately, um, I think. Um... I think everyone mentioned about the future, and I think, and I said this a couple of months ago. I said, look, we sacked Piero. What's the thinking for the future? Okay, now we've got this Marcartel in, but this season we need to finish in Europe financially, and for the team, we need to finish in Europe. Now I watched that cup match, and everyone knows my opinions on it. It was, I think, by far the worst performance I've seen any Fenerbahce team have done in the past recent matches or months I'm gonna say. Um you've got an opportunity there, you're playing against a ten man, really poor Turkish team, and you can see in the ninety fourth minute. Now I'm putting a lot of this, I say, on our transfer window. I was screaming out in the summer for a left back. In the previous episode I mentioned about left back situation. Why have we not brought in a left back? We were linked with Ryan Session Young, we were linked with all these young players now, here it is, the 1st of January, we had the opportunity to just go all out, okay, and take over the transfer market, sell players and bring players in. Now, I've noted this down. Why are these few players still at Fenerbahce? Jose Sosa, Gustavo, for example, players with high wages who are 30, 40 plus years old, just stopping Fenerbahce developing as a club and I don't do these players I don't I don't do these players I stick by them all the time but our transfer window finished nine days after all the other European teams we had nine extra days to basically get the rubbish from the Premier League rubbish from Serie A and League One what's your guys opinions on our transfer window obviously on Ars Ekin as well what is your thoughts on this? Well, of course, uh, as you say, we have a lot, and I mean a lot of dead weight. Jose so is an example. Like I know your opinion about him. I think everybody knows your opinion about him. You do not rate him as a footballer, and you do not really rate his wages for what he delivers on the pitch. But the fact is that I think there's also a big uh reason why we couldn't sell anyone because i don't think anyone really wants our players like if we're going to be realistic nobody's going to want jose sosa and jose sosa is really not going to drop his wages when he knows he's got six months left like he's got six months more to cash out like from a professional standpoint you're not gonna like you're not gonna terminate your contract you're just gonna sit it out and just go away at the end of the season. Gustavo, on the other hand, um, I think, contrary to popular like opinions, I still think he's good. But, the big but, he can't be on three and a half million per year. He can't. He really can't. Like, he's a CDM. Okay, I get he's old. Uh, like, you really... Uh, he, but he's got the experience as well, you know? Like, we've never seen Crespo and Gustavo in the same midfield, for example. You can say uh, about the guy what you want, but we haven't really seen that. Maybe that could be a solution, for, for example. But 
from a financial perspective and from a uh, growing the club kind of perspective, you really need to put those two away. Like, n- n- I'm not going to put Gustavo above the club, even though I have a lot of love for him. But we kind of agree that he needs to go just simply so we can have some more breathing room. And so we can buy more, not more, just better players and replace them. Like, if you see what Basak Shehir did, or um, even even uh, Rize, like, you have loaned Getson Fernandez, one of the best midfielders in Turkey currently. Like, as a mid-table slash relegation ba- battling club, you have, you have uh, a lonely guy who, you know, was a massive Benfica prospect, is still a good player, has still lots of potential, earned himself a move to Tottenham. If it worked out, that's not the point here. But he's earned himself a move to, the, uh, to um, Tottenham. He got to Galatas, right? He played really, really good at Gala. He then moved back to Benfica, and now Besiktas got him which I, I would say is a very good transfer and we've been definitely sleeping on. But the fact that even Rize has a better transfer window than us really shows what in what kind of mess we're in financially, uh, even, even you know, uh, w- w- like the locker room itself is so divided. Like, I don't know, Max, if you've seen the video, but... Uh, there was a video that, uh, with the players eating, and it was just everybody on their phone, no one yeah, talking with that. each other. Like that has to be a disgrace. That's not what Fenerbahce Football Club is about. It's about unity. It's about you know putting yourselves below below the club, club, you know, and not not these ego trips that everyone has. And that's uh, and I mean Özil, Matt Hakan, you know, that like. You, they simply pick and choose, you know. Uh, they simply pick and choose who who plays. I'm I'm certain of that. And uh, back to the transfer point, I think there's a big reason why we couldn't make those transfers, and it's because I hope, I really hope, this is Ali's uh, Ali Koch's uh, mindset that we wait on low for the transfers. I, I think, really hope that. I, I really hope. Um, I want to make a point now, and I think obviously Burke. Can make a point as well on it where we had to strengthen our, our, our team this window. I don't, I, I say focusing on bringing players in. Trabzon Sport had an amazing window, I'm, I'm gonna praise them. And the clubs around us, Marinos, are strengthening and strengthening. Now, there were positions like as midfield, we could have brought midfielders, even a striker we needed. Now, I'm just focusing on the last nine days. I just <laughs> sorry about that, but just adding a a point onto that is that what was your thoughts, especially Burke, on bringing players in? Uh, I think it's it's a sticky one because you know we 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 don't know the future of our club. You know who's the next man that's going to come in. I mean, if if we had made transfers, maybe they would have been mistakes. You know, when you look at buyers uh, such as you know you know um, Sada Dawson who was bought. Before Pereira came in, you know, he, we haven't, you know, he hasn't been, you know, um, a a great player for the club. I mean, I, I feel like going back to the uh, Sosa and Gustavo situation. I mean, you know, as Ekin said, you know, if you're sitting on a three and a half million 
pound uh, a euro uh, contract um you know a year you know you're not going to want to leave um unfortunately and you know you know our clubs are giving players players like this um contracts like these you know these absurd um amount of money um but yeah i mean if as i said to you max again on, on the twitter spaces we not we won't make any transfers um just you know based purely based on the fact that um we the you know the future of our club is unknown and you know if if we had you know bought someone in and you know as ekin said I, I hopefully you know we didn't make the transfers because we're waiting on you know low um i think and i don't know man i i, I feel like um it's it's just um it's it's not a great it's not a good situation to be you know especially seeing your um rivals make transfers but it's just the way it is i think and hopefully you know god willing um you know we're waiting on uh the the, the next man to come in and him to make take control and make the transfers that he wants rather than you know waste money on players um and and uh, yeah and rather than waste money on players that you know he's not going to want in the future maybe so i think when if you look at it from that point of view i think um it was it was the right thing to do um but you know mate what can you do it's just disappointing isn't it i think just the amount of grief and distress we've been through in the transfer window and there's endless rumours players being linked to us for example I mean Talisco on, on deadline day there was a few a massive toy space which I can give credit to Erkan and Kango and they both lots of people were trying to link players to Fenerbahce themselves that's how poor it was at this point where our fans had to create transfer rumours the endless of ITKs on Twitter creating up fake rumours and linking us players is just I'm glad the transfer window is over, but on a side point, I'm just so disappointed on how the club has handled this transfer window, selling players and bringing players in. And to the point where you're just thinking, our left-back situation, we're playing 30, who in my opinion has had, we've been quite decent there, but it is just so stressful. And I just think to the point now where we've blown away the season because of this, I can't see us even finishing in top three, if, we are, if I'm being honest at this rate. So... Well, only we don't deserve top three. Oh, oh, we don't deserve it. But look at the current state of Turkish football. And adding the point here, obviously, Aka is here. Um, you guys may obviously know him a lot on his podcast. Um, Aka, what what is your thoughts on the transfer window? And obviously, welcome to the, tonight's episode. Hi guys, uh, I'm sorry for being late. Um, but I'm happy to be here. Um, yeah, obviously I. I heard just uh, what Berg and uh, Ekin said, and I definitely agree with them. And can't say we had a we had a good transfer window, and you know we are not used to that. Normally, every season, every year, when it's transfer window, you see that Fenerbahce bringing some new faces to the club. But this winter, uh, it didn't happen like that, and uh, I kind of feel like you know they already like I feel like the board and the, you know the chairman, all of them already gave up on the Turkish league, you know, they know that they're not going to uh, win the win the league this season, which is actually uh, not good because you should, you shouldn't act like that. You know, you should still uh, feel like you got to actually, you got to sh- show the fans that you still uh, want to fight, you know, even if you don't believe in it, you know, um, and uh, about, about that, um, I was just Gustavo, I think, you know, um, they're at the end of their careers and I don't really think that uh, they will be wanted by any uh, teams in Europe. The only way for them to leave the club uh, 
was to you know get an offer from uh, countries such as you know uh, Dubai, you know Qatar, uh, where they can get some uh, huge money, um, a lot of money. But obviously, we know that it's gonna it's, it's not gonna happen anyway, and that we we'll get the money, and that we have we have to wait until the uh, contract contract expire. And um, yeah, man, it's it's sad, you know. I'm not used to uh, I'm about to be 30, and I'm not used to see this type of transfer windows. It really kills me. And uh, we definitely needed to sign a, at least a left back, you know, and definitely a top uh, striker. Uh, I don't know, maybe if you have if you have had signed any uh, any cost players at, at least in this uh, during this transfer window, winter transfer window, maybe we wouldn't have been get knocked out uh, by Cassius for the Turkish Cup. I think that's a really good point you mentioned there. So watching the last match in the Turkish Cup, it was so demoralizing, and just thinking these players on the pitch were walking around, just walking around. Man, it was it was you know the Turkish Cup. Was the only thing that you could win yeah. this year, yeah? And you just slipped it, and this is definitely terrible. And um, when you look at the last past um, seven years, eight years, you know, uh, when you haven't won anything, so that was the only shot, and you missed it. So I really agree why the fans are so mad at the at the club at the chairman. Uh, so yeah, that's that's terrible, man. We we have thrown away the the season in our. Our January transfer window, in my opinion, because we had the chance to strengthen this team and to, to build, lay down the foundations. Okay, I'm saying laying down the foundations for Joachim Lowe if he does come in. And I just think this kind of sums up the current state of Turkish football. I don't want to comment for the two other Istanbul clubs, but coming into our next point is that Turkish football at the moment is it's on a really bad standstill. I think that if you compare us, uh, Fenerbahce to Galatasaray and Besiktas. Uh, if someone asked me in the summer, do you, where do you think these clubs are going to end up this season? I couldn't know what the top three would be, It'd be between those three clubs. But now Galatasaray are obviously in a, our biggest rivals. They're in a really bad situation on and off the pitch. But they still managed to make signings. And I still think signing Gomez is, is a great signing for them. They're a striker. He is a bit old, you can say that. But he took a big wage cut to join Gallo and fair play to them. They managed to bring him in. Obviously, they couldn't sign Gerson Fernandez and Fernandez on deadline day. But just look at their financial situation as well. You can compare them a lot to us. And Besiktas, they're kind of rebuilding themselves, given like their, their famous coach, but being champions at the time. So you look at the top three Istanbul clubs at the moment. I'm just asking myself, what Turkish football moment is embarrassing to watch every week. Galatasaray losing Fenerbahce, losing Besiktas are struggling to to win at the moment. And I look, we can laugh at our rivals all all we want, but you're going to see the Champions League season, Champions League next season, Europa League. You're going to have Konya Sport, Hatay Sport, Trabzonspor being in the Champions League and Europa League as Turkey's <laughs> representatives <laughs> and nobody predicted this so look I'm going to praise them where it's true to, to Trabzonspor and Hatterspor and Konyaspor for being that good this year but even if Galatasaray, Bishik, Tassel, Fenerbahce steps up a bit I believe they would be in the top three but I want to ask you guys I say you know you guys know Turkish football a lot you've been watching it a long time I started Burke as well what do you make of that current situation at I say the, the two other big Istanbul clubs. Bro, it, it's honestly like as a Fenerbahce fan as well. It's, it's for me, it's upsetting to see them there as well. 
because it, there's you know in in a derby games especially Galatasaray Fenerbahce Fenerbahce um, Besiktas you know Besiktas Galatasaray you know there's not that level of excitement that that was there you know you know ten years ago you know with the days of you know um, remember Diego Lugano you know Volkan you know Emre you know Felipe Melo you, you get you know those days um, are gone and it's just so upsetting to see that as well and you know. Yeah, as I said, mate. I mean, it's 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 a terrible position to be in for for the you know for what we call the big three. But the reality is, there's no such thing as as the big three anymore, um, because you know the smaller clubs are you know they are you know they are beating us. They are you know finishing finishing ahead of us. Um, but yeah, as I said, mate, it's 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 an upsetting situation to be in, not just for us, but for the two, for Besiktas and Galatasaray as well, because um, they need to be up there, we need to be up there, and the league is only interesting when those three teams teams are challenging for the title. For me at the moment, no one cares about if Trabzon are top or if Trabzon are, you know, 10, 15 points ahead. Um, for me, you know, the title matters when these three clubs are involved. And um, for, for as I keep on saying, mate, it's just, it is upsetting for us not to see, you know, these three teams up there this season um and yeah and we'll and it's going to take long it's going to take a long you know recovery for up for them teams to get there i think it's um you know it, especially with us as well we're going to go from ground zero again next season new manager gathas right you know they've appointed a new gaffer at the moment as well um i don't know about Besiktas if they're going to stay have they have they extended with the um with their current manager, or are they going to bring someone else in? I think I think they're in the same situation as Austria, just doing temporary, temporary. But the, the point yeah. I think about Turkish football is that it, it, look, everyone says it's an unpredictable league, but it's embarrassing to watch. And I, I said at the start of the season, okay, that Travis and Sport going to win the league because of, they just went all out in the summer. Well, brilliant name, Javino. Their right back, I think he's Bruno or someone, and it was really good signing. Cornelius Hamjik, who was linked to Fenerbahce, who I wanted to come to us, and everyone was like, "You're crazy! Why bring him? Our wages? He's Jose Sosa again." But it was brilliant signings they made, and them we have a rivalry with Travis and Sport, don't we? We have a big rivalry with them. But you can call Hamzy all you like and and say the stuff to them, but their fans have can just laugh at us at the moment. And I've got a lot of Travis and Sport friends on Twitter and so on social media, and. We just talk about how Travis at the moment is just loving life. They're going to probably do the Turkish Cup double and the league double. And they're going to have a team which their fans are going to talk about for the next 20 years. Like we talk about our 2008-2011 teams. And they've got a brilliant team. But, I mean, obviously I'm going to ask uh, Arkay on this as well. And I'll get to Ekin. So the current situation with, with the two other Turkish uh, giants, Besiktas and Galatasaray, but you talk about the the political situation with Elmas and the the saga that's going on at Galatasaray with the commenting on Instagram posts and Twitter posts which I find quite disgusting to be honest with you but I just think that as a fan of Belche fans we are laughing at these clubs aren't we we're laughing at the chick we're laughing at Galatasaray but we need to take a big look at ourselves first and I, I I'm going to obviously my first fan of Belche game in category and um, April for the Barca Galatasaray and I said on Twitter the other day it's going to be a relegation derby isn't it you can have two teams who are just going to relegate each other almost but okay going into it now 
What do you make of the current situation, the two of uh, Istanbul Giants? Well, man, I mean, it's actually kind of sad to see the big teams in, uh, of Istanbul and in the terrible situations like that because uh, we're not used to that, as I told you before. And as Berg said, back in the days when you uh, had derbies, you had that excitement. But uh, today, you know, when you play against Galatasaray or Besiktas, you feel like uh, they're, I mean, they're going to play for a drink or something, you know. You don't have that excitement anymore, uh, which really sucks. And, um, but I think uh, one of the reasons, you know, you said Galatasaray and, uh, like made kind of transfers uh, this winter, probably didn't do anything. Uh, except probably because, you know, uh, they didn't make transfer as much as much as we did in the couple uh, last couple of years, you know what I'm saying? This we have spent quite a lot of money and uh, I feel like we don't have money anymore. I feel like we don't have money at all to spend on anyone. You know, we, we change coaches every six months, you know, so we bring like 10 or 20 players each season and <clears throat> send some of them away and bring new guys in. So this, I mean, this was ex- expected kind of. But, you know, when you look at goal side, they are uh, worse than us in the league. And um, we have a derby upcoming on, on April, if I'm not wrong. And uh, you said it's going to be like a relegation game, relegation derby. But I feel like, you know, Galatasaray um, will hit back soon. You know, they will uh, get into winning days. And uh, I feel like even if you keep playing like this, uh, they will even finish the league uh, ahead of us. This might happen. I'm, I'm serious, man. I mean, they brought some uh, some good, good good lessons to the team. So um, about Besiktas, I feel like, you know, um, they're kind of at this day they're not uh, dropping points. They're not they're not keep losing. You know this is what we're doing, but they're not doing that. But still, it's so uh, sad and terrible to see these three top teams uh, in kind of situations like that. Uh, hopefully, um, I mean it would have been funnier if you were uh, winning the league. You know we would make jokes. We would we would make fun of it uh, of the situation of Galatasaray and Besiktas. But now we are, uh, we are with them too. So this is a big problem, and um, I really want us to get back into those um, derby days where we feel like, okay, you know, it's gonna, but it's gonna be an exciting one. Uh, hopefully, we will get back. Definitely, definitely, and obviously, I say Ekin, who <laughs> I I talked to daily, and I know his feelings on Besiktas and Galatasaray making the jokes, but I think Ekin has a tiny place in his heart where I think he feels sorry for Galatasaray. Ekin, what would you make of this current situation? That obviously. As uh, as Ilkay said, uh, and uh, Berke of course said, it's kind of sad to see because let's be real. At the start of the season, we always look forward to the derbies, like the one-point derbies that make the difference between winning a championship and not winning one. Of course, uh, I think you all remember the one with um, Vincent Janssen and Serdar Aziz. That moment, still in my heart, but. Uh, if we got to look at it, we are really not in that good of a position compared to Gala and Besiktas, of course. It's um, what what Gala is trying is actually what we did at, uh, at the beginning of the 18-19 season, bringing in new coach. They did, they did it a bit later. They bring in a sporting director with the name of Luis Campos. We brought one with the name of Damien Comolli. They kind of did transfers, which didn't work out. We did transfers, which really didn't work out. We got through in Europe. They got through in Europe. 
but their position in the league sucked. It's a very similar position if you look at it. And I don't think they will get relegated. No chance. Like, no chance. And I'm not saying, oh, the, the TFF and the Turkish uh, government will save them because that's not the case. They're simply going to stack pad a few wins. They're, they're going to get back up and they maybe even get six or six or fifth or like seventh, you know, like what we did back then. Besiktas, I don't... I really think that the problem with Besiktas is, is that they really don't have a lot of if I could say a lot of, um, they don't have really a lot going on, like not in a bad way, but uh, the 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 management is everywhere. Like the man, like if you think our management is everywhere, just look at Besiktas, and like that's even more crazy. Like they did a few transfers, but like their management is all over the place. Like uh, people don't even really enjoy Besiktas friends, and they they just don't enjoy the games in, in general like we do. Like we don't enjoy the games, but like, yeah. Um, I think I um I want to put a point there. I say I think to go and uh, to go and say off the point of talking about other clubs is that people say I find the at the moment is in a really bad situation. But I just want to make a good point here. You say look at the other side of Fenerbahce. Um, we know Fenerbahce are a sports club, and you've got the likes of obviously Fenerbahce, Beko basketball at the moment. Who, in my opinion, they're just making. They're making Fenerbahce fans smile. I remember, obviously, during our Turkish Cup match, um, clash never ha- really happens, but clash during the Bennett Fenerbahce Beko match. And there's two famous pictures which I posted where they had a stadium in Kadikoy compared to the Oka Arena and the basketball. Fenerbahce Stadium in Kadikoy, empty, empty. You watched, you watched the match on TV, you couldn't see any fans there. They even had to move the fans from the top tier to the lower tier to make it look like they had some sort of crowd on TV. And then you look at the Fenerbahce Beko Stadium, it's packed to the brass, sold out for the first time in three years. Their next match with Bayern Munich was actually sold out, but it got it got postponed due to COVID. So there's Fenerbahce at the moment. It's really weird. It's really confusing. You've got all other sporting departments. It's selling. Sending you've got Fenerbahce Beko making really great transfers, Pierre Henry, for example. Uh, you've got Jan Vesley, Nana Docolo, there's some superstars in basketball. I'm saying these, these are NBA quality players playing in the Euro League for Fenerbahce. They, they've come to Fenerbahce for the big matches and, and to win things. And I'm, I'm not the biggest basketball fan myself, I'll go by that, but I watch Fenerbahce Beko compared to an LA Lakers match. The atmosphere and matches are immense. And you're watching this, and it's just so proud to be associated with the, with the club at the moment. And you just want to compare that to the football situation. And we're not basketball experts here. I'm not going to do a basketball podcast. I'm going to be honest about that. But talking about Fenerbahce as a whole, just compare all other sporting departments to the football one at the moment. Fenerbahce, Beko are making people proud. They're bringing people who are probably just football fans, like myself, to watching Fenerbahce, Beko because of the name and the players they're bringing in, and I'm, I must say, just on behalf of the podcast and everyone, so we're proud of them, and I'm watching every, everything about Jay Beko now, game, as, as it was a football one, and actually tweeting about them, watching the highlights and so on, and it's something to get behind of, and obviously people who are based in Turkey, like RK and so on, and Ekin, who probably know more, more, more about it than myself, um, what do you guys make of, I say, of the Outside the football situation of Fenerbahce, I say I'll start off with uh, Alkai. Um, 
what do you make of it? Well, I mean, obviously, I kind of feel like you just said in a, in a, against Kaiser Sport in the Turkish Cup game, where he got knocked out. Uh, you could you could assume that this the stadium was kind of empty because at that time also Fenerbahce basketball team had a game, and the fans decided to support that team because they believe that basketball team at least they fight, you know, they deserve to get get the sport. And uh, also, I, I think it was a Turkish Cup game, so you know, mostly Turkish Cup games. If it, if it if it's not derby derbies, um, mostly stadium. Uh, be empty, you know. Can't say the, the fans could fool the stadium if it's not a derby game in a Turkish Cup game. But and uh, also on the other hand, if I feel like it's kind of protesting the the football team, you know, uh, saying that look the basketball team doing well and uh, you know uh, they're at least fighting for the jersey, you know, and uh, and we support them. This is what happens when you fight for the shirt. Uh, so that's uh, that's how I feel like about that situation. But uh, also, I mean. There are a lot of Fenerbahce fans who support the basketball team too, you know, who actually watches every basketball game. Let me let me change it like that. Uh, when we won the won the what was that 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 I can't really the Euro League. Uh, yeah, the Euro League in 2017. We won the we won it. Yeah. So after that, especially a lot of fans decided to you know um, also watch the basketball team. So um, that's how it is, and. Uh, I of course would like to, you know, uh, see the fans supporting the football team in the stadium. But sometimes, you know, the fans uh, don't really say anything, and the the action actually says more than that. This is how I feel about the basketball and football situation in, at Fenerbahce. I think I think a point I want to ask you is like, uh, say because of I think people have been trying to. I'm not saying compare the both, but to compare it, say people watching the basketball team because of the football team is being poor at the moment, but. I'm saying it as Fenerbahce as a whole. I think the basketball team being so good at the moment has not put. I think it's put a bit of pressure. I'm not saying a bit of pressure, but put pressure on the football department to kind of excel, and especially Ali Koch. I think especially Ali Koch, who was seen at a few basketball matches when Fenerbahce were going through that period of second Piero and not knowing what was going on, he was seen at basketball matches, and the Twitter was going crazy about it. But then. Hold on, the basketball team is actually selling at the moment. I see people comparing both of them and saying, "Oh, you you you, you can't support one or the other." But it's Fenerbahce as a whole, and Burke, who probably knows a bit more than I do, would you make of the current situation? Say, given the basketball team is selling and mm-hmm. Fenerbahce football kind of declining a bit. Definitely, mate. Um, I feel like in Turkey as well, especially um, well, unfortunately in Turkey, I feel like. Um, fans are quite narrow-minded. If your success is not coming from the football team, then you're, just, you know, you're classified as unsuccessful. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, as Kai said, you know, I think even if we didn't have the um, the the um, the Fenerbahce Beko basketball game, that stadium wouldn't have been, you know, full anyway, and um, would be an empty. Um, but um, yeah, man, I, I feel like that. You know, um, having both my eyes, well, each of my eyes on both games at the time, you know, it brought back memories of, you know, when winning us, when we won the Euro League, you know, having that atmosphere kind of, you know, gave me goosebumps to, you know, start watching for the battery again to, to show, like, it, you know, it showed that, you know, this is where, this is where we deserve to be. And, you know, it just gave, um, gave me uh, goosebumps but also at the same time you know again it's, it's just upsetting that we can't reflect that onto the football team um and yeah man you know 
you, watching a basketball game, it reminded you of the days of, you know, um, you know, of the of the Bogdan Bogdanoviches of the, you know, Ekpeuda, you know, Obladovic, you know. After watching that game, you know, that's 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 what, you know, was, you know, came came to me and um it's just it's so sad to again as I say again, it's just so sad that can't unfortunately reflect, you know, the the these good times onto the football teams like we had, you know, good times when, you know, when we won the last one the league in two thousand thirteen um, 14 season, you know, when we was in the quarterfinals of the Champions League, you know, semi-finals of the Europa League, you know, and it's just it's it's sad to see, and for us, you know, not to win a league title for for that long now, it's, it is upsetting. But um, yeah, mate, what can you do? Like I've I've come I've got to a point where I just I'm I'm out for words, mate, because it's the same thing, you know. As I said earlier, it's the same thing. It's it's a cycle that keeps on happening again and again, um, and there's just and you know what can be done? What what can be done? I I don't know. I don't know what with something needs to break this cycle of you know of this unsuccessful um un- unsuccessful seasons that we're having. I, I think I think I think you made a pretty good point there. But I think where you're you're, you're comparing both departments where you've got your centre bar football declining, but it's kind of brought some limelight limelight onto the basketball team. And I, I I was in that same situation. You had two screens watching both ones and this this was really kind of weird for me and I don't know if anyone else experienced it where everyone was so hyped about the basketball match and then the football match was still going on but you couldn't tell you could not tell on social media that football match was going on and this is I've got I've got a couple of pictures which I've saved onto my phone where you have the basketball fans at the basketball stadium as soon as they they won that match they were celebrating but then five minutes after that the result of the football got announced into the stadium you just have people sitting in their seats with like their heads in their hands because of no matter how good Fenerbahce can be you, you can appoint Joachim Lowe you can you can bring in Cristiano Ronaldo Haaland and Bappe the problem the problem lies bigger than that at the moment it does and I'm not going to come out and say oh the, per, the person's fault is agriculture you want to put the blame on someone else or blame on certain players but there is a big big culture issue from the bulge at the moment with the fans and and the players and the board and they're the problem we don't know what the problem is and you, we could any coach walk out tomorrow but there's still going to be an issue there and i say about the last couple of points as well i say before we finish today's episode is which are a good point i want to make at the moment as well i say um the growth of uh, uh, uh in worldwide actually where you've got people like myself from London, you've got Ekin who's in Netherlands, Birkin <laughs> in the UK himself, and you've you've got the American fans, you've big talks on Twitter, the Canadians, you've got people in Kenya, and I see Fenerbahce becoming a really big global team, and be doing doing these, these Twitter spaces, doing this podcast, doing the, the being on Twitter and so on. You realise how big of a club this is, and that's what makes it sad at the moment that there's millions of fans around the world feeling the same way as us and I say myself going to Istanbul in April and it's going to be a crazy experience but I want to ask each of you individually right now I say if you could give me a free word answer well I'll start with Ekin first what is the problem with Fenerbahce right now? Insecurity insecurity definitely insecurity insecurity definitely (laughs) But now, 
I want to go to Burke. Uh, Three words. Always a problem with Fenerbahce, right? I, I don't know, mate. Oh, God. Put me on the spot. Um... I don't know, you know, I don't know. I, I, I can't tell you in three words, mate, but I just, I just feel like, um, I don't know. I don't know, you know, I really did put me on the spot here, Max. Um, <laughs> Sorry about that. I just thought of it. I just thought, you know what, let's just go for it. I mean, you don't know. I mean, I think, um, I, I think, I think a big point is that, that everyone don't know, just don't know what's wrong. I mean, okay, uh, three words well, answer. Yeah, <laughs> well, man. I mean, I got one word. Uh, I, I think we got cursed, you know. Cursed. Um, what we, we done? Got cursed. Oh. What we got cursed by by Aziz Yildirim. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that might be the problem. I mean, he got some magician on us, man. You know. Uh, I think <laughs> I think he lost the election. You know, we got mad. So this is what happens when you go against Aziz Yildirim. Well, man. Besides jokes, I think um, I don't know, man. I think we got. I mean, bad management. I would say maybe. Well, because you know football, football, uh, cha- football has changed and it, it keeps changing. You know what I'm saying? It's so, uh, changing. Yeah, and uh, you got you gotta you know you gotta follow you gotta follow with it. And, I think uh, um, I agree. We, we, we don't do that. We don't do that. You know, we still we still thinking like you know ancient people. We still thinking <laughs> like uh, everything is gonna fine if you if you sign a world star. You know what I'm saying? No offense to Mesut Özil though. But you know, we, we keep we keep we keep bringing like tons of players every season that we think okay, you know, if we keep changing the team, maybe new players will win us, you know, success. And this is not this can't it's it can't go like that, you know what I'm saying, man. And Ali Koch is a great man, you know, you know, he's a, one of the richest men in Turkey in Europe or whatever, you know what I'm saying. I understand that he got the money, but he got the money, but he can't use it. You know, he helps the team out financially. You know, I really appreciate Ali Koch's support. I really do. But when it comes to football, um. That's a problem. Uh, we we don't know how to you know manage the team, and we also I think there's a mistake uh, there been they are listening to the fans. I think this is one of the problems. You know, you shouldn't really check the social media. You know, everyone asks for something. You know, like there are some fan fan fans who wants Arsenal. There are some fan fans who wants uh, I could coach a man. You know, some fans cheering for us in room to come back. You know, as, as I said before, as as, as I said before, you know. It's a circle, you know. It's a circle, and it keeps going like that, you know. Ali coach to uh, like Azil or like okay, bring Ayakut Kojama, you know, bring Arsenal. We still, it's a, it's a, it's a huge circle we are stuck in, and I I think it it, it needs to change, you know. what I'm saying you know that, uh, you know they're like a big program or something, you know. You know the huge plan, but you need to stick with this plan, you know. Even if even if it okay, like even if it's not, it's, it doesn't so it doesn't seem like. It's it's going well. You have to be patient, you know. Uh, like we had uh, Philip Kopke at the first year of our coach, you know what I'm saying? We had Damian Comelli. We brought ton, tons of players, you know what I'm saying? But you know what our coach said uh, when there was a reporter who asked about uh, Arsenal, right? If I'm not wrong, when our coach uh, became the became the new chairman, there was a reporter who, yeah, who, he got asked. He, he, I mean, Arsenal names popped up, mm-hmm. and that. Ali Koch said, you know, you didn't, um, you don't know, you don't understand my vision, yeah? Yeah. And the, not not even a year later, six months later, he brought Arsenal back because the fans really wanted to have Arsenal. So he kind of listened to fans at that moment. You know, he tried at least. Uh, but now when he came, when he came to Fenerbahce, he, um, he fought, you know, uh, I mean, let me say it like that. Ali Koch, uh, Fenerbahce and Ali Kojama separated their ways, yeah? 
Uh, now I I had I heard something uh on news. If it, I don't know if it, it, might, it might be fake news, but I think it was like on TV or something. When another coach said maybe uh we should have kept I could coach him at least giving him a chance. He said something like that. I think. Uh, so yeah, I mean because you know he doesn't actually know what he is doing. I think that's I think the problem. Point, I think a point with Brasek just doing the anti coach thing. I think so. I remember always doing a Twitter space and um uh my. My good friends from them who just been actually appointed to the uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Germany Congress. Congratulations for that. She mentioned where um, the, the problem with Fenerbahce is that you don't know what the problem is. Don't you? <laughs> you can you can say oh it's, it's um, uh, as is yours and you can play oh I said it God you can say it's mezzo awesome. you can blame anyone you can even blame Rambo Ocan if mm. you but but the the, the issues with this club is that you take one thing away and you, and you add a positive thing and a negative thing comes from it. You sign yeah, a, yeah. you sign a, you sign a, you could sign Mbappe and people are going to complain that sort of Dawson isn't yeah. getting game time. And it's, 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 it's the thing with, watch, with watching this team at the moment and being a fan of Marge fan, you're just thinking it's just negative. And the, I, I, as everyone says, a British saying there's, that there's light always at the end of the tunnel and you just got to look forward to the positives. I mean, you look at the team at the moment, you've got, People like Thirdy, you've got Sublime, you've got Kim and Jay, you've got some exciting players of Sly Samuel as well. Big up Tim recently. You've got young players, you've got three others in the team, you've got Adagul and and a lot of young players like that coming through the ranks. So well, I mean man, yeah, I mean uh, let me tell you one more thing. I absolutely agree with you. And the thing, um you say you know we have too much negativity, I mean, the fans on, on social media. And I think also one of the reasons is social media, because they are like Panabachi, as you said, it's a huge community, you know, all around the world that we, we have fans. And uh, I think also, like, the players, you know, everyone, the, the other coach, the players, like, the staff, everyone checks social media, you know. If they say we're not checking it, they're lying. Absolutely. Believe me. And uh, when you go on the social media, you could see a lot of hate and negativity. And, like, as you said, I, I, I saw some, um, I checked the, the, I don't really use Twitter, but I checked it last night, uh, last day because of the there's those Fari Kadolu rumors, right? He was linked with some teams or whatever. I checked it. I went on social media and there were some rumors saying that, okay, Fari Kadolu um, doesn't want to continue with Fenerbahce or whatever. And I just clicked on it and checked the comment section. I saw Fenerbahce fans. I saw uh, some of them were like, okay, they were saying, I mean, that's the right decision. He's doing his for his career or whatever. And there were some fans saying that, Friday definitely is not good for Fenerbahce. He's not improving. He's doing nothing. He no goals, no assists. Man, he's man's playing left back. You know, I mean, man's right playing back, left back. If you want to spice, oh, right, whatever. Yeah, mostly this is, and he's playing as defensively. Yeah, normally if you play Friday as a like a central midfielder or attacking midfielder, or I put put him on right wing or whatever, he will do well. He will, you will see that he could put assists or um, like goals on, but playing well just doesn't. I mean, if you don't score or make. If you don't, if you don't really make assists every game, it doesn't make you that you're a bad player. So this is the problem, you know. Some fans like being so toxic and being negative, and uh, I understand, you know, for, like if you're hungry for success, yeah, which is normal. I understand that they got no passion, but I mean, it's it's not helping. It's not doing good, you know. It's it's not helping the team. It's actually doing something worse. I understand the criticism. I I agree with that. You know, you will, you will do it in a respectful way. But sometimes some people go by too far, you know, and but by not knowing the limits. And uh, as I said, there are millions of Fenerbahce fans uh, all around the world, and most of them use the social media 
keep spreading the hype, you know, and uh, and the club somehow, not just Fenerbahce, every team, every club, they get affected by that. You know what I'm saying? Fans <laughs> like, yeah, go on, sorry, mate. Can I add to that as well? Like, why don't we see, you know, Turkish players, you know, in Europe, you know, succeeding? It's because, uh, again... Their mentality. Their mentality is what I mean. And again, um, I... I always sometimes narrow it down to, you know, kind of blame it on our fans as well. You know, you know, he, you know, he, a kid doesn't, you know, perform well, um, and he starts getting booed. You know, you know, even with um, when Thingy left, what's his name? Uh, the one that went to Stuttgart. Uh, MFR. Uh, MFR. Yeah. MFR. When he went, you know, he was getting abuse on social media, etc. Mm-hmm. You know, bad kids getting abuse on social oh, media. Wait, I think performance. And um, made a good point there. For some reason, Rajin Burke. Where Burke? Okay. I I did a lot of tweets about this. I'm a big advocate for mental health and stuff. But you've got Burke, who, in my opinion, he stepped in from outside. He hasn't been bad at all. Okay, he's tw- 21, 20, 20 years old. He's 21, 22. It's, it's, he, he's going to make mistakes. Okay, you all know. Yeah. He's a second choice goalkeeper. He comes in, okay. It, if he don't make those two mistakes, people were saying that he should be in a Turkish national team. There Real. were tweets like that, okay. I, I like Burke a lot, okay. And he made a mistake. Okay, he made a mistake. Fans abused him so much, he shut down his his profiles on social media. He's a young goalkeeper. Okay, there's good point. I don't want to make this point, but our goalkeeper Robert Nk sadly killed himself. Past the man, way. let me tell you one more thing. Look, if there was social media during Walcott Demirel's first years at Fenerbahce, oh, he, he would have never he would have never made it as a goalkeeper. Agreed. 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 One hundred percent. Bro, Memo's just legend. I mean, Memo's obviously is scoring for for the opponent team. You know what I'm saying? He was just like crazy. And this is what I'm telling. He would have never made it as a goalkeeper. Never professional player. He would be like working at a restaurant or something. <laughs> like, um, even when, uh, of course, the, the this is a difference I experienced because uh, I'm I was born and I live in the Netherlands and I grew up with the Dutch football culture, of course, mm-hmm. but. The difference between when a young player makes a mistake in the Netherlands versus in Turkey is so, but so different. Like, um, for example, back um, back in the day, yeah, uh, Ajax transferred a keeper called Kjell Scherpen. He uh, he was bought from a like lower table, uh, a young talent. He played a few games. He made a few mistakes, and. The worst thing is he tweeted bad about Ajax in the past, like because he was a finals fan, but he tweeted very badly about Ajax, like I mean very badly. But the fact is that people accept that the guy is young and makes mistakes and isn't as uh, developed as a 32-year-old football player. The fact that they acknowledge it and actually build on uh, the player's, uh, you know, the player's experience. That's the difference between the Dutch football culture and Turkey, especially yeah. especially if we look at Ferdi, you know Ferdi or Ozan Özyakup or um, Halid Derbyshoulder, who've all been born and raised in the Netherlands and have <laughs> lived the Dutch football culture. For, for example, Ferdi, that guy was playing as a cam, uh, even though it's a lower table club in the Netherlands. He was getting those minutes in. He was getting those minutes in a ten. He had a wonderful season where he scored a wonderful goal against Ajax. 
Uh, Ozan Özyakup, of course, playing very brilliantly, earning himself the move to Arsenal, I think. If I'm yeah. not uh, mistaken. Yeah, that was awesome. Yes. From Percy, from Percy had a huge effect on all that transfer. I remember that day. I was a, I was a, I was a teenager or something. And and even Halil, Halil, I uh, I remember Halil as a uh, he played at Sparta and he played um, he played very good there. He had like lots of goals, lots of assists. But the fact is that they protected the players when they make made a mistake. Uh, and as you know, he missed a sitter for twenty uh, in the cup. Mm-hmm. People were attacking him for maybe like half a day. Remind you, half a day. And after that, they said, "Hey, people make mistakes." Let's build on this. We're not gonna focus on that one misser. Let's help you. Uh, let's help you. Let's uh, let uh, let us work. Uh, let us let, you know be be there for you and let you be there for us. Score your goals. Like we are behind you. We believe in you. And that's the biggest difference in Turkey. And in Turkey, let's be real. Yeah, the the Turks here know what I mean. Like you have this. Um, hierarchy with the younger players of course like y- you know what i mean with the abler and stuff yeah like, yeah. yeah of course the the fact is that and i think i was quite surprised when Mesut said there isn't any abler uh RB system in our team everybody's equal it's not really it, that's not really what happens there it just came out of his mouth but i it's like that lies, he said man. it at least but yeah lies man i think it's <laughs> He just yeah. like, uh, like he, he just lies. But the fact is that the plays in the Netherlands and Germany, France, Belgium, you know, everywhere are protected from the critique. But uh, but even um, in the dressing room or uh, in Turkey, it, like for example, in the Turkish national team, uh, I think it was uh, if I'm not mistaken, Ritvan. Ritvan called for a pass to Urjan, and Burak said, "No, you're gonna give it to me." And what does he mm-hmm. do? Give it to yeah. Burak because why? He's the Abi. You need to respect yeah, that. He's, he's That's the how it one. goes. Yeah, he's the old, old yeah. One, yeah. And the, the, the foundations, uh, because this is not something you fix one, two, three. It's the foundations you need to like actually uh, completely fix. Yeah. Like even in Turkey, let's be real. To go on a foot, uh, to go on and be a footballer, first of all, you need to be, have a little bit of money. You mm-hmm. need to like buy your. You kind of need to uh, buy your way up into the big, uh, into the big clubs. And I don't mean Fener or Gala, but I just mean clubs with the academy. But in the Netherlands and even in England, I think Max can verify and uh, Beck as well. Like you have pitches everywhere where you can just go yeah, out and play. Everywhere. A point. A point I want to make here is, as I say, say talking about that Turkish football fan Barcher as a whole. I've obviously everyone knows I'm an Arsenal fan and I've grown up an Arsenal fan. But a good example would say you know I had to compare the Burke uh the Burke situation to um a very famous one of Aaron Ramsdale where he he, he joined Arsenal twenty six million. Big big fee for a goalkeeper as well, forget this. You got had the German number one at the time, Bern Leno who was good in my opinion and Arsenal signed him out of nowhere just for Ramsdale why are you signing him he got relegated twice with uh, Bournemouth for Sheffield United and they Arsenal got ripped apart for this okay I think I think we all know that now he just played he played and first game he was brilliant and he's proved people wrong so I just think I see Fenerbahce fans did kind of look at other, other leagues a bit 
I think you look at the leagues, I say, like the Premier League, Serie A, League One, where young players are coming through, Bakayo Saka, Phil Foden. I'm not saying that at the type of level as Ferdi or or Rid Van Yilmaz in, in Besiktas, for example. But you can you can compare the players you can. The young players, that I say, when you're 17, 16, 18 years old, you can be you can be changed with the football into different positions or being nurtured under the right the right coach or right club. But I really fear for our young players, I say, at the moment, where you've got Arda Gula, who were been linked to Real Madrid, Club Bruges, Arsenal, Ajax. And you've been linked to all these clubs. You've got Ferdi coming out, I say. I mean, that's a good point as well, being linked to Bruges. There was there, there was a Twitter rumour last night saying Brighton, which has been double false. But you've got Kim Min Jae and Salai as well, who are being touted to other clubs in Europe. But players won't stay in Turkey. They they will not stay in Turkey, especially young young players. I say the the era of the Alex, the suicide Hajis is gone. It's gone, and we we all know that where you, where you've got big name players coming to uh, Turkey in their prime. I say Mesut Ozil probably the latest high pro, high profile one, but he's not in his prime at the moment. So I say for coming to the end of tonight's episode, the big point I want to say is that. Turkish football needs to be saved in a way where I say that look, the fans need to kind of realise they're a big contribute factors to that. I say uh, at the point of Burke, uh, deactivating social media profile, that's that's disgusting. I don't think um, any fan of Barca fans um, would do that. If they saw Burke on the street, they wouldn't abuse him. He's a young goalkeeper, but because you're behind a, a Twitter profile or a Facebook profile, you, you think you can send messages. It's not on I don't think they represent Fenerbahce anyway. Um, and the final point as well is that hopefully when we do our next episode, we can talk about some more positive type of things. Yeah, the, I the, hope so. At the, least. Yeah. the club winning and, and look, we, I, I doubt, on. mate. I, I doubt. Unfortunately, I doubt it. Let me, I think also one more time, uh, one more, let me say one more thing. Okay, I promise one more time. <laughs> so uh, at the beginning of the podcast, I think I can say that uh, something about players being um, busy with their phones while having a dinner, right? Something like that about Fanabacha. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was a picture of something, yeah? I, did, I haven't seen it, that's why I'm asking. Um, if you want, I can send it to you, uh, but... Uh... I'll send it after the podcast ends. No, no, but no it's, it's fine. Just yeah, just uh, I just want to say something about it. Uh, I watched a documentary about Borussia Dortmund, yeah, uh, and you know that was a that was um, that was a huge and important rule in the team when you are having a dinner or eating something, yeah, with the team together all together. You can't use your phone if you if you if you play if you be busy with your phone if you use your phone you get fined by the club. So I think also you need to have this type of uh, discipline, you know, in the in your team and uh, this type of things that while the players while while having a dinner they they should you know con- con- connect with each other they should just uh, have a conversation or whatever you know. I think also you need to have this type of uh, discipline at Fenerbahce, which I think we don't have unfortunately. But really, sorry, like really silly, like when you look at. Ismail Kartal as well. I mean, do you do you really see a leader there? Do you see someone? Nah, man. I, think I see a puppet figure. That's yeah, and that's exactly my point, guys. And so if, if if this guy is my head coach, you know, I don't know, like, because when I when I look at the sideline, I wouldn't like. I mean, I, I said I said this somewhere else on, on a Twitter says When I look at the sideline, when I look on that pitch, I want to see a figure that I look up to, that I respect that can, you know, discipline the team and that could, you know, 
voice their you know opinions on the team. Ismail Kata can't do that. Do you remember when? Do you remember when he got appointed after um, Arsenal? I think he got sacked, and then Ismail Kata came in. You know, yeah. Wasn't em- Emery was on the bet? I mean, Emery was a player, and you know, wasn't he telling him what to do, like with the changes and stuff? Uh, you know, is that something I remember correctly? I mean. Yeah, I think it was, you know, we, we have had uh, uh, Ismail Carter, but that time, as he was in charge, you know, as the chairman. But, at, you know, at this time, we have other coach. And I think, you know, Azizil Dream is more like, like uh, I don't know, I love both of them, to be honest. You know, I, I don't have any, like, hate or something to any of them. But I think Azizil Dream has more, like, leadership than other coach. Because, you know, my friend used to play for Fenerbahce and he was a, he was a young guy, you know, uh, coming up from the academy and he, he, he trained with the, with, the, uh, with the senior team and, you know, he, he played even a few games uh, at, the, at the Fenerbahce senior team. You know, he was telling me that when Aziz Yildirim was, like, coming on the training ground, yeah, uh, footballers were, like, kind of a little bit scared of them, you know. Like, if, if, if Aziz Yildirim calls any of the players, they were like, oh, I mean... They were thinking probably, oh, maybe there's a problem. They were like, you know, a little bit worrying, you know. So I think uh, during first time of uh, Ismail Carter also, uh, you know, Azilin is known by, you know, uh, like putting his noise into into the management staff when the, we have a coach. You know, this is how Zico uh, left Fenerbahce because Azilin also wanted to have the control on the team. But Zico didn't really like it. So I think, yeah, that's the, that's, uh, well, that's one of the problems with the team, you know. You should just uh, have a coach and let let him do what he wants, you know, yeah. and not 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 listening to the players, not listening to the chairman, you know. And this year it happened, it had happened too. When we had Lito Pereira, he was playing with three defenders, three, the, the three system, you know that three system tactic, and three defenders. So, and he got actually a lot of criticism because of that, especially on TV by Ridwan Dillman, you know that, yeah. He was yeah. saying that this system doesn't really work in Turkey. Don't get me started. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Then Ali coach, Ali coach just uh-huh. went in and said, play with four defenders. You know, Ali coach told this to Vitor Pereira. And very next day, very next game, he started those four defenders. He changed his that's system because the chairman asked for it. That's exactly where the problem is. And that's, and that's where it all just starts crumbling down, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think um, just to end the podcast here, because of someone mentioned the two words there beginning with R and uh, uh, D, <laughs> a famous person who um, makes me stressed out when I hear his name because of just, I think some of the, the big media names in Turkey just put a negativity into a club and I think they get into fans' heads, including myself, where obviously being, I watch Turkish football to learn Turkish, but then you listen to people like Red Van Dilman who, man, he's, some some of these stuff they come out with the pundits but look it's been a pleasure speaking with all you today i think uh re, uh obviously being being the new host this podcast and thank you i okay, giving me that opportunity and it's given a lot of content yeah. on on us yeah man it's it, yeah it's been like uh exactly six years you know i know back you know we know for each other for a long time yeah but yeah of and, course, uh, even even we had him uh, at the very early time of the podcast, yeah, it was 2016, uh, something like that. It's been it's been a long time, you know, and I'm very happy to 
uh, have Max as the host and uh, I'm also happy to still be on the show. <laughs> Definitely. I don't I don't have much I don't have much time unfortunately these days you know because we got when we started podcast we were like younger but now we are mature guys and we have our work to do or whatever. Yeah. For the other other guys you kiss and Dom. And uh, hope, I mean, they weren't able to join us today, but hopefully on the very next episode, yeah, they will be here definitely. too. So as it's good, I just wanted to, you know, uh, have the, this community all together, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Talking definitely. about Fenerbahce, be, be together, happy, you know, being definitely. positive, have, having jokes, etc. You know what I'm saying? Having good time. This is what it matters, think, man. These are the terrible days. We just need to have some uh, fun. I think, I'm happy I think, to do it. I think a point that for coming into it where you've got obviously I'm saying an English lad and the Defender Project podcast is unique and I say where you're I say myself going to Istanbul for the Barcelona in April. This this wider the club is 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 beautiful and you and you want to comment about say the football where the football might might not be nice on the pitch but when you come off of it the people you meet and and the the talk the for example these. This podcast here, and I think where there's gonna be lots of opportunities for a YouTube channel over the next couple of weeks and months, where I'm gonna be doing a, a, a mini a mini short film for my time in Istanbul, going to Fenerbahce, Galatasaray. So it's gonna be a lot of content coming up. But honestly, thank you for all. Firstly, all the listeners who listen tonight, uh, yeah. wherever wherever you are in the world. Um, you could be in uh, Istanbul, you could be in London like myself, or you can be in Kenya or China. But thank you for everyone for listening today. Really appreciate the support as well on Twitter with, with the podcast account. And thank you all, especially to Burke and uh, Ekin and Alkai. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you, man. It was good to talk to you guys. And it's good to talk to also Burke after a long time, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Have, a, have a good time, guys. This is, yeah, this thank you. Honestly, have thank you for coming on. And just to leave it here, Hayley Fan of Blockchain, please can we pick up points this weekend? Thank you all for listening.